Good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast, the one and only Goshen News Sports Podcast. Speaking to you is the Goshen News Sports Editor, Austin R. Huff. Across the hall from me is Across the hall. <laughs> Evan, Evan M. P. Leepak. At Evan M. P. Leepak, if you're looking for him on Twitter, actually. At Austin Huff TGN, if you're looking for me on Twitter. Mr. Leepak, what's good, man? Don't forget about our special guests. <laughs> oh, wait. There's we don't no, have any guests this here. week. For the first time, it feels like in forever. We, still just, have... we have the chairs and the mics set up yeah. for Last week when we had some guests, in. John Trope and Stephanie Miller, they were great. They were great interviews. Uh, we enjoyed having them on. They both had good weekends uh, this past week. We'll get to that later on the show. Maybe I, I wrote some notes down. There's a long uh, laundry list of stuff. That's There's all. A I lot know. to get to this week. It's mostly laundry after this past weekend with all the rain. But yeah, rained last night too. I know it was like a sleep. I think it said technically snow. It technically did snow last night. I saw well, that. I did not look outside to find out. I walked through it, leaving Jimtown High School after Fairfield Girls Basketball won 68-25 over the Jimmies. We'll talk about that more later, too. Um, but we got to get to some big things. We had we had maybe the biggest thing we can have as a local sports podcast uh, newspaper company. Uh, we had a state champion. On Friday night, the Westview boys soccer team once again pulling a rabbit out of their hat, doing their best Houdini uh, escape trick, whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to use in that cliche ish you know stuff. They did it. Westview boys soccer four to two over Providence to win the Class One A boys soccer state championship, and once again. They just couldn't win it in a normal way. Went to overtime. Jaden Yoder scores with a minute 37 left in regulation to force overtime. It was a beautiful setup play. Alex Yoder makes the save. He rolls it out to Evan Litweiler. Litweiler sends a pass downfield to Abdir um, Alor Shahid. I think oh, it's no. we're gonna go Abdir, <laughs> Abdir, Abdir. I'm sorry. Uh, you're awesome, but like sends the pass down to Abdir. Abdur's in the corner, crosses it over to Jaden. Jaden's in front of the net, kind of makes one quick move, fires, goes through the hands of the goalie into the back of the net to tie the game. Just because, of course, like that's pretty much all I could think of in that moment was, of course, they tied the game because they're this is it. This is how they've done it every game, the last three games where they just haven't given it up. They should have lost uh, in the regional, should have lost in semi-state. Could have lost in sectional if we're going to want to go back even that far. And there they are, pulling the rabbit out of the hat. Score, go to overtime. Uh, and then two minutes into the overtime, Muhammad Amir sh- shoots and scores. It was kind of an own goal in a sense. They kick, He shot the ball toward the net. It looked like it was going out. The Providence player like kind of tried to kick it out maybe but he kicked it in the net instead um which is not ideal if you're providence good call in the state championship game bad it was just i felt i kind of felt bad for the providence kid but then again it was another like this is a sign from the gods that westview is like going to win this game like team of destiny team of destiny man told you and then teague meisner in the second overtime buried a shot made a great play they won four two 
party was on. It never stopped raining Friday night. It was wet. It was cold. Uh, everyone was damp by the end, but my God, they were state champs, and uh, I I couldn't believe I couldn't couldn't believe it. You know, it was one of those things. You know, being there Friday night, it was just um, yeah, I guess a team of destiny, man. And you saw more actually this year than I did. So you you saw them in the sectional and the regional uh, games. So uh, crazy to think that like that team, right? I mean. Again, I mean, could have ended so many every times. Every week it's like, oh, it's going to end this week. Right. Today it's going to end. It's going to end this week. It's over. And they just never never quit. Yeah, never quit. Which is very impressive. says a lot about not only the roster, but also the coaching staff led by Mr. Jamie Martin. Yeah. So Happy for him, man. He's a good guy. I've always enjoyed uh, talking to him. And, uh, yeah, they, they are state champions. And, like, just amazing again it was just an unbelievable unbelievable game a great game uh two in a row three games in a row really they played were just fantastic soccer games to watch you know um and yeah they're state champs and they had a nice celebration on monday at the school did a little parade kind of through town uh to topeka and ship on the bus uh, that would be miserable to walk in that. It was like 40 degrees outside, so thank God they ha- they were on a bus. Um, relatively warm. How many people were at the pep rally, you think? I'd say there was a couple hundred there. It was a good crowd. Good That's solid. weak. What? That's really weak. I would expect at least I mean, the whole a couple town, thousand. There's only a couple hundred people live in Topeka, <laughs> man. Like, give them a break. Like, you know. No, um, I see how many people show up to the basketball games. I know. So. Oh, the basketball games are a little more, you know. But this is a state championship. Come on. I guess I'm, I'm I'm pretty confident if they were playing in the state championship game on Monday night in the gym, they would have had a packed house. Yes. But you but can't play soccer inside a gym. I'm just making a point. Like, the championship... <laughs> look, the Northwood Girls Basketball Championship pep rally, when they did theirs two years ago, like, they, they filled up, like, you know, the lower level of their one side of the gym, and that was it. That's pretty much what Westview did. They filled up... You know, the first 12, 15 rows of their gym. Good crowd. Wasn't anything, like, absurd, but it was still a good crowd for a championship celebration. They were probably same similar-sized crowds, the Northwood Girls and the Westview Boys Soccer Championship celebration. Should be standing room only, am I right? <laughs> wow, way to call out the Westview fans. Way to call out Topeka and Shipshawana. Or call out everybody. Call out everybody. Even um, the Northwood people from yeah, last year. Yeah, <laughs> but they, they had some incredible... There's just, like, just these two stats that... Um, it was kind of fun, so I, I don't mean to shout out the competition, but uh, Bryce Vance from KPC Media Group, he and I were obviously... We were covering the game together, and it was like 1.30 in the morning, and he's at his hotel... And I'm at the place I was staying at with my friend down in Indianapolis. And uh, we're, like, just texting each other random facts that we're finding uh, from this team as we're writing our sidebar kind of columns, our follow-ups, and things like that. Um, the fact that I had drawn was that, that Westview did not lead in regulation in their last three games at any point. They were never winning in regulation. It was either tied or they were trailing in their last three postseason games against the number nine, the number one, and the number three team in the state. And they won all three of those games. Like, that is insane to think about. They never led in regulation. They had a lead 
obviously in overtime against Ileana in the regional final before blowing it and then going to PKs. They had the lead, in, and obviously in both overtimes in the last two games too. But they never led in the 80 minutes of regulation time. They never had a lead, and they won, which is insane. And then Bryce found this factoid. Um, they scored eight goals in the final 10 minutes of regulation or overtime in their uh, championship-clinching wins. Meisner's goal against Bethany in the sectional final came with four minutes left. They scored two goals against three goals against Ileana in those final moments. They scored the overtime goal against uh, Park Tudor, and then they scored three goals in the final 12, 13 minutes of total game time play, or 15 minutes of game time against. Um, the second one's not that hard to believe Providence. because if you followed this team, well, no, it's then still an incredible. That. It's still an incredible stat. Like but the first one, if you're not paying attention or if you know because three four games can go by and you don't even realize that that's a fact right so. no it took me it did it didn't really hit me until i was sitting there because bryce texted me this stat the first he texted me first about that stat about their eight goals in the, in the last 10 minutes of regulation and overtime which is still an insane stat like that is like yeah if you've been watching the team but sure but also like the fact that that actually is a stat is insane you know, they didn't, like, want to score in the first 70 minutes of any game, apparently. They just, except Caston. Remember when they beat Caston 11 nothing in the regional semifinal? How could I forget? That feels like a, like, how did that happen? Like, I was there. You look so. at that, you look at those six games they played. It was 3-0 against Central Noble, 1-0, 11-0, and then 5-4 in PKs, 2-1 in overtime, 4-2 in overtime. Like, that is, like, that Caston game makes zero sense. Like... I know Caston wasn't that great, but 11 nothing, Holy cow. Um, anyway. Holy cow. Holy cow. <laughs> holy cow. That's insane. It's insane. Anyway. Anyway. Congr- it's their first one ever, other than your little tidbit. From, it's not a sanctioned sport at that a, time. Yeah, they only had to beat Culver Military Academy in Argus to win it. So, like, a lot of people, a couple, I shouldn't say a lot, but a couple people have, like, emailed me or messaged me being like, you know, they won in 1974, right? It's not their first in program history. And then you like look up what they did in 1974 and they had to beat two teams. Like, congrats. Like, what about, I mean, this that? Is, this what about is, those 19s, the players on the 1974 This is, this is a truth. I'm, I'm not taking anything away from what they accomplished. <laughs> the disrespect. The guy who was the first ever coach of the program, Jim Marks, who I spoke to Monday uh, for a column, he didn't even think it was a state championship tournament when they were winning it in 74. Like, that's... You just thought it was a conference tournament. Was he there? Jim Marks. Was he the coach at the time? He was at the coach in 74 yet still, but he was at the school and, like, around the program. Wow. So, yeah. Like, my point here, nothing to take away from the 74 team, but, like, this this is a championship. They had won six games against some of the best teams in the state including the best team in the state at the end of the regular season in Park Tudor. So this this feels a little more earned. I'm just going to say it. Park Tudor? Park Tudor. <laughs> um, what do you say? So congratulations uh, again to the Westview Warriors, Class 1A Boys Soccer State Champions. Um, and we will just uh, say it. They are our Athlete of the Week. They won it again. All uh, 25 players. All 25. You know, we decided beforehand if they were going to win – this game, uh, we're gonna we're gonna nominate the whole team as athlete of the week, uh, and we put it up to a vote. Still, I was personally okay with just going with them. 
as the athlete of the week. But they won the athlete of the week vote pretty convincing fashion. Expected, I would say, uh, of course. Yep, over a couple of Northridge kids who we will talk about later in the show as we keep on going here. So now who's going to be the state champion for our winter sports? Oh, yeah, you, you we are just naturally going to get a state champion now for winter sports. <laughs> uh, Fairfield girls basketball, why not? I mean... They have a lot of experience. And they looked solid. good last night. They looked really good last night. I know Jimtown's not that great, but like, dang, forty. You know when it's hard to win by forty-three. I could see them getting to semi-state for sure. Absolutely. Um, we'll talk about girls basketball here in a couple minutes, but uh, congratulations, Westview. The whole entire the whole entire Westview boys soccer team, the athlete of the week this week uh, for winning the state championship. Goshen News Athlete of the Week Award is brought to you by Play It Again Sports. I actually remembered to bring the ad read piece of paper in the uh, podcast room this week. Uh, instead of trying to rumble, stumble my way through it. Rumble, Bumble. stumbling. Whip. It's Chris Berman all of a sudden. Whip. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Evan, I don't know if you know this. Uh, you may never outgrow your favorite sports, but you may outgrow your equipment. Your locally owned Play It Again Sports provides an easy way to sell your quality used sports and fitness gear and get paid on the spot. Or trade up for what you need now. Not only will you save with affordable used gear, but they also supply the latest new equipment and accessories from the most popular brands. Visit our local Play It Again sports store located right in front of the Concord Mall in the Elkhart slash Dunlap area. For the best deals on sports equipment, Play It Against Sports is the proud presenting sponsor of the Goshen News Athlete of the Week. Congratulations, Westview Boys Soccer, on winning the fan vote for that uh, in dominating fashion, by the way. It was not really close by 5,000 votes. It was by a couple hundred, at a minimum, <laughs> at a minimum. Uh, let's 5,000 would be insane. We uh, we also had another state event over the weekend that I, I was also covering. Uh, my feet are still, like, wet. Uh, from Terre Haute. This. Terre Haute. Terre Haute. Um, cross one country. word, Terre Haute. Uh, state cross-country meet. We had three boys, individuals, earn all state honors. Jack Moore from Northridge, 8th place in the time of 15.50. Goshen's Drew Hogan was 12th, 16.02. And then Goshen's other superstar senior, Cole Johnston, was 18th, 16.10. Cole Johnston, two-time All-State runner. He was 13th last year, 18th this year. So congratulations. He loves that course, I guess. Um, Drew Hogan, 23 spots from last year's state. Drew Hogan did improve by 23 spots, yep. And if you want to go back to his sophomore year, too, he improved uh, 15 spots from that finish as well. So um, he finally got his All-State, uh, which was good. He's a, obviously a great athlete for Goshen, and now he gets ready for basketball season. Uh, but Drew had a good race. Jack had a great race. So he was Every time they were announcing like where everyone was at, like you could hear they had like a PA guy doing that during the race. Uh, Jack was always near the top 10, you know, so he was always kind of closing in a little bit, and uh, uh, yeah, and he got eighth, so congratulations to him. Uh, as a team, Northridge boys finished eighth, and the Goshen finished 10th, and um, you know, I was talking to some people this weekend, and I, I, I came to the conclusion that like, this past weekend for us in general, like, we pretty much got everything... I think we could have gotten out of it, you know, like going into Friday, the, I think the ideal weekend would have been for me, just my perspective, anything else that happened would have been icing on the cake. But what I think we could realistically have gotten was Westview boys winning the soccer title and then having more Hogan Johnston go all state top 20 and Goshen and Northridge boys both finish top 10 as a team. 
Like if that all all those were very realistic, very attainable, and it would have been a very successful weekend if all three of those had if all those things had happened, and they did. Like all of them happened. They all came to fruition, which is very cool. Like it was worth the drive. It was worth going to Terre Haute and driving four hours back on Saturday with your feet soaking wet and full of mud. Like you know, it was. I didn't even run in the thing, and I was a mess. Like, did you have grass all over your pants? Uh, I had mud all over my pants, so... There, oh, it was muddy? It was all muddy over in Terre Haute, except for the course, which looked okay. It was still wet, obviously, but uh, there was mud everywhere. You could have avoided the mud if you just ran the course. No. Yeah, I get ran <laughs> over. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, but yeah, congratulations mm-hmm. to all three of them, and the teams were doing well. Uh, Anthony Roberts from Concord also competed in the boys' race. He was 43rd, time of 16.27. Uh, he's only been running cross-country for two years. So, were you going to make that point? Determined kid. And, supposedly, through the grapevine, he's the first Concord cross-country runner, boy or girl, to make it to state since 2009. It's pretty impressive. So, that's that's cool. He's only been running, he's only been running cross-country for two years, too. So, like, imagine if he had been doing it, like, for four plus years, like, what he what he would have been like in high school, you know? Yeah, I mean, he won a... Broke a school record and won a race over his senior year, so that's mm-hmm. that's pretty insane. If you uh, have only been running cross country for a couple of years, yeah, I'm excited to see what he does in college. I'm, you know, obviously, I think Jack Moore and Drew Hogan and Cole Johnston will also all go run in college somewhere. It's going to be interesting to see where they end up landing uh, for their collegiate careers. South Bend, Notre Dame. <laughs> uh, Isaiah Story from Angola. Speaking of Notre Dame, committed to Notre Dame, and he actually finished second. I uh, was surprised. He was he he got kind of passed up by this Columbus North kid. Uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name. His first name was Reese. It was like a really long name with a hyphen, and I'm just like could have gave it a shot. Not going to try. <laughs> not even going to attempt it. Reese, congratulations from Columbus North. Reese, uh, yeah. He also won the mental attitude. The kid from North, so good for him. Um, oh, was it the stump kid? Was last was one of his last names? I don't remember. Stump. I don't know. Maybe like that. that sounds right. Yeah, because uh, Mike Wynn brought him up last week, and I think that's that was the kid's name. Well, congratulations to him. So, um, so yeah, we uh, and then in the girls' race, Northridge, I think maybe outran what they were expected to do. They got 16th as a team out of 24 spots. Temi Bayless was 47th individually. With a time of 1941, so congratulations to her uh, and their team. They they ran really well. Coach McLean, Ryan McLean, afterwards was very happy with how they ran. Uh, yeah, Reese Kilbarger Stumpf. Yes, from, from North from That's Columbus North. That's the guy. So he ended up winning it, huh? He did. He won it by 1.2 seconds over Isaiah Sturry from Angola. So, story was 1.2 seconds away from a back-to-back state championship. Do you think he'll be a walk-on football player? Brian Kelly will take him? Sturry? Take him under his wing? He's like 100 pounds soaking wet, so I'm going to go no. He can just be a speedster. He can be like a Usain Bolt, spark, right? Spark yeah. plug. Yeah. Off, okay. the, off the bench. He can be a punt returner. Kickoff. So, yeah. Uh, congratulations to everybody. I touted up the cross-country season beforehand. I, back in August, I was like, this is going to be very good, I think, for us this year. And you were not wrong. I wasn't wrong. I'd like to think I wasn't wrong. Because um, a lot of the times you are. I know. So. <laughs> very much wrong. I don't, I don't know if I remember. If, I don't remember if I made a way to... I don't think I made a Westview Boys soccer prediction last week. So I 
try to avoid being wrong there. Because I think we just assumed they would lose, but they, uh, you know, they did not. They didn't. On Thursday night, though, I, I'll, I'll say this. I have text proof, uh, proof in writing. Uh, Thursday night, talking to, again, Bryce Vance from KPC. Again, another shout-out to the enemy. Um, I said, I think Jaden Yoder is going to have a senior senior moment in, in the game. And sure enough, he scored both goals in regulation, including the one late to send it to overtime. Just saying, I, I had that feeling. I thought they were going. I thought he was going to score the game winner in overtime. That was my guess officially, but I did say Jaden Yoder's senior moment. So, and he had one. Did had, you talk to him after the game? We did. We did talk to Jaden Yoder after the game. He was That's very good. happy. Was he emotional? Of course. Why wouldn't you be? Was he breaking down, no. crying? Also, shout out Graham Egley, Westview Boys Soccer. Before I forget, won the Mental Attitude Award for the IHSA Class One A Mental Attitude Award. I do cool. wonder how you like figure out who earns that, you know. Whoever is like a really good kid in school and also plays well. And okay. then the IHSA school board of directors like decides it. So a lot of it's grades. Grades, like community service, things like that. Cool. Yep. Because the way it sounds, it just sounds like the way they carry themselves on the field or Yeah, it's it's a way, practice the way or, they the way they carry themselves like through life. And then grades obviously factor in and community service and like play on the field matters as well. So you rarely see the bench warmer get the mental attitude awards. Usually a kid who is good. Like Agley. He's a baller. Agley had 22 assists. You know, he's pretty good. Uh, football. That is still going on. I almost forgot we had football this past Friday. I wasn't covering it. Uh, it was clear out of my mind. Uh, let's. We'll have to talk about... Um, our loser, unfortunately, first. That sounds mean, but like the loser first, and then we'll talk about the winner. Uh, you were there. Ooh, baby. Mishawaka 35, Concord 7. So much for a great game, huh? It's unfortunate yeah. the field looked like a freaking mud pit. Sorry. Looked like a mud pit. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, it's at least didn't say the other F word. Yeah, it was, uh. a, it was a disaster of a field, and when you have a team like Concord who likes to throw the ball... Um, and Mishwaka, who likes to run the ball, that's how that game's going to play out more times than not. If that game was on a turf, it might be closer. But If it was a dry game, it would have been closer. I have no doubt in that. But it's it was uh, it's just kind of weird how, like, they could not – Hunter Dutton could not throw the ball at all. Like, he was not getting anything on his throws. I mean, I guess you can credit Mishawaka's defense to an extent because their secondary played well. But – it was also wet against Warsaw when they beat them a couple of weeks ago or a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and they were throwing the ball around fine. So it was very weird. But yeah, they they had no success at all. They had like forty yards in the first half total offense. Concord, it's not great. No, <laughs> and Mishawaka had almost three hundred yards rushing in the first half. Yeah. So I mean, if you're gonna put those two and two together, twenty-eight nothing at half. I guess that makes sense, right? So. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Justin Fisher made a big difference. Mishawaka's quarterback from the jump, like the first play of scrimmage for their offense was a 52-yard run by him. So it was like, well, I think this guy's uh, pretty amped to play. <laughs> He's excited since he didn't get to play them in the regular season. The game Concord won. But, uh, yeah, uh, unfortunately, I feel like the conditions were better. Concord would have had a better shot, but that uh, – the conditions just were much better for Mishawaka as far as running north and south because cutting, right. it was like oh. the receivers, Concord receivers were on skates out there. Like yeah. there's no 
footing at all to be had on that terrible muddy field and that I mean even if it's on a turf like maybe it's closer like I'm not saying it's like 35 31 because obviously the rain still affects how you grip the ball and catch the ball and things like that but like if they can like move if they could like get their footing on a turf better you know it would have been interesting maybe mm-hmm. and more interesting than 35 7 well yeah I and think that so seven too. that seven was you concord's know, better than what they showed for right sure. right and that seven was kind of like a Sounds like a pity touchdown, like late. Yeah, it came towards the end. Yeah, yeah running clock. Last couple of minutes of the game. Score and call it a day. Um, it's better than being shut out, though. Yeah, I'd rather get seven than not. So. Yeah, Mishawaka's fullback, Chase Gooden. He had uh, almost 200 yards rushing and three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And two rushing touchdowns where he just, like, broke through the – Broke through the trenches. Yeah, and was I off, saw the one off to the races. I saw the one. I think they made it twenty-eight nothing. I saw a clip of that mm-hmm. online. I was like, "Oh God!" Um, and then hold on, we got to. I got to make the joke. I got to make oh, the joke. I didn't know there's a joke. I thought you were just are talking. You, are you Are you saying he was good in on Friday night? That was a bad one. I said I got to make it. I'm sorry. It he happened. He was. He yes. was good. In, yeah. And Concord also had a few costly turnovers in the first half. The first. Play for their offense. We talked about Mishawaka had a nice, you know, 52 yard run, but uh, Concord fumbled the ball on their first play of offense. And I guess that just kind of set up how it would be. There's a foreshadowing <laughs> to how it would be for the rest of the game, unfortunately. Yeah. So, well, their season, it's a tough way because they were 9 and 1, you know, now 9 and 2. Still a great season. NLC, NLC champs. champs yeah. Right. I mean, they had a great year. Just a tough way to go out like Jinx. that. Jinx. You owe me a soda. Oh, I'll buy you one. I'll run right to the store right now. Yes. Um, I'll get you a soda when I go get a coffee later. Um, yeah, it was uh, just a tough, tough, a tough way because they, they were a really good team, obviously, all year. All the offensive weapons, Dutton, DRC, Moore, Hackworth, um, on the defensive side, Zalvin, Zalvin and Armin Koltukian. I mean, they were – Ephraim Lake. Like, they were – there's some studs on that team, man, and they were really good and just kind of – Ran into a bus saw of Mishawaka on Friday night, and field conditions obviously make make a difference too. But Mishawaka, I think, was uh, they were kind of like on a mission from God. I think to, and they, I think I would wouldn't be surprised if they ran through Michigan City on Friday. Would be a fun game, I think, potentially. They go to Michigan City, so that's interesting. It makes it a little more interesting. Um, Let's just go there instead of Middlebury. What do you say? I'm I'm okay. Uh, <laughs> Mishawaka Mishawaka could make semi state. That's not out of the question. They could beat. Uh, whoever comes out of the region in for the regional, I think Chesterton or Val, Valparaiso, excuse me, is that team. Chesterton's in 6A. They're playing Penn this week. Uh, Valparaiso would be that team that Mishawaka would face in the regional probably. So that could be a game, uh, too, that would be really fun to watch. If we have nothing going on for next Friday night, I might just go watch it as a fan. Um, that would be fun. Uh, anyway. Let's talk about our winning, our winners, uh, winning team: Northridge thirty-five, Columbia City twenty-one. Do the Chris Berman voice. What? Do the Chris Berman voice for the, the Raiders. Uh, Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> the Raiders thirty-five, the Eagles twenty-one. <laughs> <laughs> he could go all the way to so the good. sectional da, final. Da, 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 <laughs> Northridge. How about Tag Got? Tag Got? Gotcha. Huh. I'm trying to think of more Bermanisms for his name. You got to think of Chris Berman. Tag Got? Got with the wind. Dude's Tag. a baller. 
Yeah, man. 149 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, 114 rush yards, and three rushing touchdowns in the victory. He's accounted for all of their touchdowns the last two weeks in the sectional victories. Uh, and for those uh, keeping count at home, that's nine touchdowns total. Yeah. They've scored uh, 35 and 21, 28 the last two weeks. Good for them. They're playing well. Uh, I counted them up. Defense, The defense for Northridge had 13 tackles for loss on Friday night. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, you're going you're gonna to win a lot of games when you do that. It was 35-7 Northridge, and then Columbia City kind of got a couple pity touchdowns at the end. So it really wasn't that close on the scoreboard. Like Northridge kind of controlled the whole way. Um, and now they get to play Leo Friday night. Guess what? <laughs> Guess what you've won? You get to play the number two team in Class 4A for the Sectional 19 Championship. 11-0. and 0. You and I were out with uh, Coach Chad Epley and some of the players on Tuesday. A little preview, sectional preview. Uh, they're pretty confident, man. I'm, I'm getting a good, confident. They love being the underdog, you know, vibe. Coach Coach Chad Epley talked about how they just really embraced that role. Um but Leo, I don't know if you've done I don't know if you've done some research on the Leo Lions. A bit. I've got a couple numbers here for you. Yep. Are you ready? So if you're wondering if you're wondering what Leo's offensive strategy is, I'm just gonna read the quarterback numbers for this team. This is for the year, by the way. All in eleven games. Not one game. <laughs> this is eleven games of numbers. Jackson Barber, senior. Sixteen of twenty five passing for two hundred and thirty three yards and five touchdowns. That'd be a good game. That'd be a, a great game. If it was one game. That's Athlete of the Week <laughs> nomination game right there. Um, that is their entire passing offense for the season, 233 yards. So if you're wondering what Leo likes to do on offense, it's running the ball. And they have a guy named Mason Sharon who they run the ball with a lot. He has 1,299 yards and 19 touchdowns. They average 9.2 yards per rush. And they have seven guys with 150-plus rushing yards this year. Seven guys. That's impressive. According to Max Preps, they average 344 yards on the ground per game. A game. That is like, wow. Like, you think, like, Mishawaka and Warsaw run the ball a lot. Like, these guys run the ball a lot. And they're really darn good at it. So They score a lot. They average almost 40 points a game. Yeah, they are very, very, very good at what they do. And this is a team that uh, played in the sectional final last year, Leo. They lost to East Noble, um, who they beat in the playoffs this year in the sectional opener. So there's a little drama backstory coming into this game. Northridge Leo played last year in the sectional opener. Leo was ranked 6th. Northridge was ranked 12th. There was a uh, very, very questionable pass interference call late it was 7-7. Seven to seven. Leo's driving down the field. They actually threw the ball, which was shocking to begin with. It was like third and, you know, whatever, like third and a mile. And they threw the ball, and the ball was definitely out of bounds, like not catchable in the slightest, and they still called a flag on Leo Northridge. It wasn't great. No one was really thrilled. Uh, Tom Wogeman, the coach at the time, was uh, very not happy and uh, still probably won't be to this day. Um, I was even, like, questioning the call right, you know uh, but then Northridge let Leo I shouldn't say they let Leo score Leo scored you know a couple plays later so it wasn't like Northridge still got the stop Northridge also had two chances with the ball in the final three minutes to move down the field and score but couldn't um, it was also a cold kind of wet night which 
Might be on Friday too. So it's gonna be dry. Should be dry, but but it'll be cold. It misted the whole game. It was kind of an annoying mist the whole game. Uh, but yeah, so Northridge is motivated, I think, off of that too. And I, I know we, I asked Chad Epley about that, and he said, yeah, we we watched the game, we talked about it or whatever, like once on Monday, and that was it. Like now we're focusing on this game. Um, I, I, you know. It's hard to, like, make a prediction because, like, you know, on paper, like, Leo is the better team. They probably should win this game. Northridge is the underdog. And I think a lot of people think Leo is going to roll. But I just watched Westview Boys Soccer win three games in a row that they weren't supposed to win. Northridge, Team Destiny, So, like, I'm not, I'm not making a prediction <laughs> on this one. Like, I'm just going to be like, look, all the numbers say Leo should win. Just like how all the numbers said Park Tudor should have won, and then Eliana, Christian should have won, and Providence should have won. Tag got is his team's savior just at the right time. Kudos to this kid, he man. I'm going to have a story. I'm going to have a story about him uh, him specifically coming out uh, on our Thursday paper online later Wednesday night, along with our football preview for the game, the Leo preview. Um, yeah, he's, I mean, he moved here from Michigan. Um, this is his first year at the school. This is his first time playing quarterback since he was a freshman in high school. He gets the call on week nine, be like, hey, Tag, like, you're playing quarterback now, basically. And kids just balled out. I mean, seriously, it's unbelievable what he's done. Like, six rushing touchdowns, three passing touchdowns. Just an awesome, awesome performance these last two weeks. If he plays like this on Friday, they got a shot. I mean, seriously, they got a chance if he plays well. So, we'll see, but... Kind of excited. I hope. I hope. You know, keep it close, right? Have make it go to the fourth quarter. You, Leo's on the road. Northridge gonna have a big crowd on hand. I'm sure. Like, it's all be, about the defense. Could be fun. Yeah, and slow you, down if you can that slow down running that game. running attack. That's the key. Um, so it should be fun. Football sectional Friday night. How about that? I'll be wearing my gloves and beanie. I know you're taking photos. I'm gonna be a bit in the warm press box. So warm. Hopefully it's warm. Might smell weird though. Oh, well, yeah, it will smell weird. There's no doubt about that. Um, we don't have to mention that guy. Um, girls basketball. Girls basketball began last night. What? Huh? How? Uh, yeah, girls basketball is here. Fairfield, 68, Jimtown, 25. Uh, it was 2 nothing Jimtown. And then 18-2 Fairfield. It was just a bludgeoning after that. Um Bree Garber, 17 points. Brooke Sanchez, 14. Billy Willard, 12. Brody Garber, the coach, called them the Killer Bees afterwards. So there's our nickname for them this year. Makes uh, sense. It does make sense. Because believe it or not, all of their names start with a B. Yeah. Bailey, Bree, Brooke. <laughs> Shocking. Uh, yeah. So the Killer Bees, they played well. Uh, they also had some nice performances from Jocelyn Hall, Kaylee Dillon, as well, they looked they looked the part. Their defense was stout once again. They were doing a one-three-one, like three-quarter court zone pressure defense, and Jimtown had no answers for that. Um, that was their calling card last year. If you remember, they were just a strong defensive team. They scored when they kind of needed to, you know. But if the offense really gets going, like watch out, like they could be a team that makes a run. Sectional, I think they're the sectional favorite. Um, I don't think that's like a hot take in any sense. I think they're going to be the best team in their sectional. That regional, we'll see. Obviously, it's still member third. Who knows? 
It was yeah. good. It's a, it's it's a little early. Third, <laughs> the third day of the season. Uh, so let's like, you know, pump the brakes on any predictions. Um, that being said, I'm going to make predictions. Uh, no. Uh, Fairfield could make a run. They, they could be that team uh, that is playing in the third weekend of the season, of the postseason at a minimum, semi-state. That wouldn't surprise me. Uh, they've been there before. They went in semi-state in 17, a 17-18 season. So you never know. You never know. Team gets hot, plays good defense. Look at Northwood a couple years ago. They were good, but defense smothered everybody. It was insane. Um, so, but yeah, game started up this week. Uh, you'll be at a game Thursday night. West Noble at Bethany Christian. Two teams coming off solid uh, seasons last year. I believe West Noble went 16-6 and and Bethany was 17-7. and So, two really good teams there uh, that graduate some. West Noble graduates a couple of good players. Bethany has most of their core players back, but Mariah Solsfus is still out with a broken foot, so hopefully she rehabs and gets back sooner rather than later. Midway through the season, probably. That's what I've been hearing. A little, like, December, January return maybe coming. Get her ready for the last month of the year. That's a team, Bethany, that if they get healthy by the end of the year, they could make a run, too. They should have made a run last year. Lost they in the lost first, first round. game, man. Yeah, they host a sectional this year, so maybe that helps. But that gym's gonna be rocking. The Menolands. They don't have they don't have that up there anymore. It's very sad. The what? They called it the Menolands. Like Minnow? Like Mennonite, yeah. Oh. Get it? Instead of the Meadowlands. Like, Boo. I'm just saying they had it welcome to the Menolands on the like the wall in the gym for like the first three years I was here. They didn't have it anymore. It's really sad. Wonder why they took it down. Is the school even Mennonite anymore? I don't even... Maybe they changed. I don't think they did. <laughs> I don't it's think probably they did. still Mennonite. I, yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then also, shout out Concord. Going to New Prairie. That's not an easy trip. That's a long drive. Change of time zones. And they won 56-53 over New Prairie. Aaliyah Hershberger, 29 points in the victory. That's some uh, Athlete of the Week domination consideration right there. Yes. I put her on our Google Doc of uh, people to consider for Athlete of the Week. Google Doc. Good. Mm-hmm. It's a good call. Yeah. Also, we got a couple of nice games on Saturday. Lakeland goes to Northridge. That should be a fun game. I'll be at that one. Northridge coming off a good season. Lakeland, obviously, a regional final appearance last year. Uh, they graduate Bailey Hartso. That's a big player to replace for them. But they still have a lot of players back from last year, so they're going to be a team I keep my eye on this year. It's going to be very hard to win anything past the sectional because South Bend Washington is in that regional with them, and South Bend Washington is the number two team in the state this year, uh, regardless of class. So they're pretty wild last year. Pretty good. So. <laughs> yeah, Washington. Um, Washington will uh, if they don't win the state title in three A, I would be stunned. There's a prediction. Um, and then Northwood, uh, they're you know struggling program, but they go to Penn on Saturday night. Penn's very good. So hopefully Northwood can keep it close. Uh, there's a new running clock rule, by the way, in basketball this year that I forgot about um, until last night when we hit it in the girls' game. Uh, 35 points in the second half. The clock will start running. It won't stop unless it's the end of the quarter or a team is shooting free throws or if, like, the referee says stop the clock for any reason. So... So there's no running clock before at all? There was no running clock rule in the past, but now we have a running clock rule in, in basketball. I'm trying to think if I went to any games that were that bad. You probably did. I don't think so. 
Not that I can think of. That was that bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it happens every once in a while where the clock just starts, you know, running. Um, so we have that now, which I had forgotten about until Fairfield made it 48-11 and they didn't stop the clock. So uh, let's kind of run through some, a lot of like Goshen College, Notre Dame stuff here. Uh, where do you want to start? Goshen College, Notre Dame. Your call, Evan. Goshen College. Goshen College. Women's soccer. Ha, huh, you didn't think we were going to talk about them, huh? The women's soccer team. Called. I didn't even know we were going to talk about them. I didn't know so we were yeah. going to talk about them until last night, really this morning. Um, women's soccer team is going to the Crossroads League Tournament. How about that? They beat Huntington last night 3-0, 3 3-0, uh, to qualify for the Crossroads League Tournament. They are the number eight seed. They are going to play number one Spring Arbor at Spring Arbor Saturday, 3 p.m., uh, second time in three seasons they have made the Crossroads League Tournament uh, after they had only made it one time from 2008 to 2018. So Coach Justin Cruz got that program. It's on the come up. You know, they're 6-10 and 10 overall, 2-7 and, and seven in the Crossroads League. So the record maybe isn't pretty, but, but they've been worse. So this is a good sign. Stepping stone. This is a good sign. They're getting the program hopefully built back up a little bit. So... Kudos to them. Shout out them. Um, um, basketball teams. Basketball teams also played well. We'll start with the women. Ladies first, you know. Uh, they beat Andrews on Wednesday, 128. 72 points. Is that good? <laughs> is that good? It's it's impressive, even if Andrews is probably a really terrible team. It's hard to beat someone 100 to 72. Or 100 to 28, sorry. Not 70, 172, 172 is also kind of hard, but like not as hard, but 128 is like, what? Wow, that was insane. Like, I couldn't believe my eyes. Thoughts and prayers to the Andrews <laughs> team <laughs> for the rest of the season. There's no way you can get any worse for them, right? Like, Well, I'm sure it probably could. Yeah. Uh, and then they played... Goshen College played Western Michigan in an exhibition on Sunday, and they actually led after the first quarter, so that's kind of cool. The NAI school going up there playing D1, Western Michigan, led after a quarter. Didn't sustain the lead. Uh, Western Michigan did go on to win the exhibition by, like, 20, but that's fine. 77 to 53. 24, fine. Beat me on technicalities with math. Okay. Uh, And then last night, the women's basketball team picked up another win over IU Northwestern, Northwest. One point win. Did you, did you look at the breakdown? Did you look at the box score? What do you think? I don't know. No, unfortunately, I didn't. Wow, you didn't. Really. I didn't see the results. They though. were winning. Uh, <laughs> Goshen College was up by 16 going into the fourth quarter. IU mounted a furious rally, came back, tied the game, forced overtime. But they never took a lead. But they never took a lead. So Goshen College did hold on to win. Uh, Gracie, 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 Gracie Cockrum. Woo. 22 points, 8 rebounds, and Denise Chapman, 20 points, 13 rebounds in the win last night. So, 2-1, and one, or 2-0, and oh, really. 2-0, the, the exhibition doesn't count, Just obviously. an exhibition, yep. 2-0, oh, uh, good for them. They're, hey, I'm, I'm optimistic, man. I really am. I'm optimistic about the women's basketball team at, at Goshen. But now we're optimistic about the men's team, too, maybe. Yeah, they had a nice start, 2-1. and one. Uh, They beat Andrews 87-63. And then they lost. They they had their little uh, comfort in 
holiday Halloween tournament thing. Um, Something along those they lines. They lost to Aquinas. That's how you say that, by the way, if you were wondering. Not Aquinas. Aquinas. Nope. Not Aquinas. Uh, Aquinas. Um, 85-70 to 70 on the Friday night game before coming back against Graceland and winning 84-79. to 79. Is it Graceland or is it Graceland? Graceland. Um, <laughs> quick, quick shout out, Elias Ramirez. Two big games in their two wins. 21 points against Andrews. 29 points against Graceland. And our our native, our one and only Michael Johnson. 23 points in the win over Graceland on Saturday. Wow. I don't know. He had, he had eight points in the win on uh, against uh, against Andrews, too. So Bit of a breakout game because he's fresh, brand new. Out of junior so college. So was Ramirez. So was Ramirez, I believe. So he, he, I mean, he did sit right here and talk to us. Yeah, about he how, said Elias was going to be the guy. Yeah, so about how he had a lot of new faces. It's a new team. But it's pretty good. It's a good sign to see that they're meshing pretty well early mm-hmm. on. Because last season they only won three or four games total. Right. So They're like halfway there. That's a good sign. Cautiously optimistic, you know. Hopefully, this is a good team. Also, the freshman uh, Clayton McLaughlin, McLaughlin, he had a couple of nice games too um, for them. So, hey, this young talent, maybe that's maybe it's the key. Just rebuild it from the ground up, and uh, they are two and one, two and one so far. So, they're they're the sleeper conference sleeper pick. Watch I'm, not, out. I'm not ready to say that. Watch out for the Maple Leafs. I'm not Leafs. ready to say that because the Crossroads <laughs> League is insane. But, hey, it would be nice to have them playing respectable basketball and the women playing, you know, good, respectable basketball too. Like, I, I want them to do well. Like, it helps us. It makes our coverage, you know, more diverse in a sense if they're playing well in the winter, you know? Like... You want to like almost shake them, like do something, you know, like. You should have shook them last week. When I should have been right them. here. I would have been like, <laughs> do something. Um, and they've done something so far. So yeah. All right. Notre Dame football. Um, forty-four thirty-four over the Northern Carolina team. Not the the North Carolina Tar Heels. Tar Heels. Mac Brown, seventy-five years old, still coaching. Uh, Kyron Williams. Is he a god? Yes. No. Is maybe? he a robot? He is a machine, that is for sure. Uh, the machine. <laughs> the the touchdown run that will live in infamy uh, in Notre Dame lore. That was un... He should have been tackled for a five-yard loss, and then he ran 91 yards for a touchdown. Yeah, this man was like the press conference after the game. He was asked when he knew he was gone. And he said, as soon as I rounded that corner... and. Yeah, and stiff put arm that the guy stiff at, arm at the, the three-yard line. He stiff-armed the dude, and he's like, yep, I know I'm going to score. What? Come on, man. That's insane. And then somehow he managed not to run out of gas for that entire run. They had a couple of great blocks from Mayer and Avery Davis. Mm-hmm. and Otherwise, he wouldn't have made it that far, but he didn't run out of gas at all. He stayed steady. It was a very impressive run. It was a very impressive offensive performance. This team's really... Uh, Figuring it out offensively. It out. Yeah. Up tempo since the bye week. And the offense just looks way better. Jack Cohn's making all the right decisions for the most part. Mm-hmm. Offensive line is playing way better than it did the first half of the season. I mean, 460 rushing yards and only two sacks the last two games. It's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. 
So, and now the schedule continues to not be great. Play Navy this weekend, uh, two and six. Yeah, I I I feel like this is the week where Notre Dame maybe finally has a dominant win. Like they haven't really had a dominant victory. Like the Wisconsin game kind of got out of hand late with the pick sixes and all that stuff. And it was 13-10 and going right, into the fourth quarter. Right, right. They, Notre Dame hasn't, like, just dominated anybody this year. From the start Toledo, to finish. The Toledo game was close. Florida State was close. I mean, these are all things we've talked about. But, like, you're waiting for them almost to, like, just beat someone, like, 52-10 to 10 or something like that. And, like, this feels like this should be the week they do that. I don't care – Navy runs that triple option offense. They play him every year. This is a it's Brian a, Kelly knows. Brian Kelly knows how to play this. The last two games, you run. I think you mentioned that in your story yesterday. They beat him like ninety to twelve. Like it's <laughs> it's what it's felt it wasn't like. Quite that it bad. wasn't that bad. But like, well, two years ago when Navy came here, it was like Navy was twenty fifth and Notre Dame was thirteenth, and it was like, oh, like Notre Dame like might lose to Navy, and then they beat him forty nine to twenty four or whatever. It's like. Braden Lindsay is still running for touchdowns against them. Like, it, they're going to beat him again, like, you know, 45 to 10. It should be a 45. If it's a close game on Saturday, like, holy crap, Notre Dame, like, get it together. Just say holy cow again. Holy, holy cow. cow, Notre Dame, get it together. You know, what are you doing? Um, Charlottesville, watch out. That's an interesting game. In two weeks at Virginia. That's really the only – I mean, at Stanford, maybe. Because Stanford – did beat Oregon at home, but Oregon, you know, was having injury problems and stuff, and they still have suffered, and somehow they're number four in the college football hey, playoff. Do we, do we want to talk about the college football playoff ranking? I have a theory. Notre Dame's number 10. I have a theory on the college football playoff ranking. The committee did this ranking this way just to troll us. There is absolutely no way that they believe that that's the four right now. Georgia won, yes. Everyone knows Georgia's won. Alabama two, there is no way they think Alabama is number two. Ohio was a three. It was a um, Michigan State was three, and Oregon was four. Ohio State five, Cincinnati six. There is no way anyone with a pulse who watches college football would have Bama two and Cincinnati six right now. And I think they did it this way, just because like if they had come out tomorrow, if they had come out Tuesday night and had gone Georgia. Cincinnati, Michigan State, whoever you want to put forth, Oregon, Ohio State, Bama, whatever. No one, like, people would talk about it because it's the first ranking, but no one would be, like, talking about it, right? Talking, talking about it, right? Cincinnati's going to lose to SMU or Houston. But no, just, it won't matter. I'm, I know it won't. Although if but they like, beat Notre Dame. But I'm saying, I'm just saying that, like, if they come out with a pretty, like, normal-ish looking. I bet if Cincinnati played Notre Dame, like, this week, I bet Notre Dame would win. Because they're so? just playing way better right now. Maybe. So. But I'm just saying, I think the committee did that on purpose. Because it's the first poll. It really doesn't matter. It doesn't. Because, like, the only one that matters is the last one. But they knew they could, like, get some people angered up and fired up. They, everyone's talking about, oh, Cincinnati, number six, the disrespect. Like, yeah, that's what they did it on purpose. Like, I'm convinced. There's no way anyone with a pulse who watches football, college football, has Cincinnati sixth, okay? Or Michigan over Oklahoma. I know Oklahoma hasn't played well really ever, but, like, Oklahoma should be above Michigan. Minnesota was 20th. 
Minnesota lost to Bowling Green this year. I don't care if you go 11-1. and one, You lost to Bowling Green. You're not in the top 25, in my opinion. Wisconsin was down there at 5-3. Mississippi State was 17th, and they're 5-3. and three. Like, it's a joke. They did this to rile people up. I mean, you know, congratulations, you did it. You did what you were intended to do. No, we're talking about it. doesn't matter um, what they do. They're just going to rile people up. Right. But, like, I think the, the least, like, chaotic, like, thing they could have done last night was put Cincinnati in the top four, which is where they should be. They beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame. Who's a good team? Wasn't it's not their fault that Indiana blows this year and everyone got injured. And, and it, they went to Indiana when Indiana was still fully healthy and beat them. That should count for something. I don't know. I just just think it's a little ridiculous. And they they did it on purpose. And they got me talking about it. They got everyone else talking about it. There's no way they believe what they actually put out last they night. They got you riled, riled up, riled, riled, riled up. up. And they put Gary Barter out there just to say like, yeah, we really respect Cincinnati. No, you don't. Stop. Put him at four, though. Number okay? six is pretty good, actually. I would take that. Anyway, Notre Dame should win by 35 this week. Cincinnati should be in the top four. Alabama being two is a joke. Uh, congratulations to the Atlanta Braves. That's it. World Series World Series champs. champions. Awesome for them. I have friends who are Braves fans. Uh, they're very happy today. Shout out to all those guys and gals. Um, I'm glad they beat the Astros. The Cubs can't win. I like seeing my friends be happy when their teams win. Um, yeah. Also, happy five-year anniversary of the Cubs winning the World Series. People forget that. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I think Sheila's like trying to give us the Oscars music wrap-up cue. Um, I've also been trying to do that as well over here. <laughs> Thanks. You're just ranting about the CFP. I'm like, hey, buddy. It's okay. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, that will wrap up this edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Again, we had a busy week. Congratulations to all of our athletes that did well this past week. Uh, we will be back next week. We have a little more uh, girls basketball to talk about and uh, Notre Dame and CFP rankings and Goshen College. And, uh, yeah, should be a fun fun episode next week Leo Northridge football as well forgot about that um, should be a fun episode next week so hopefully you come back and listen back <laughs>